Welcome to Mary's Request Podcast, a podcast that discusses all things women. We like to call this the heart and home of feminine literacy. And I am your host, Sarah Priester. On today's podcast, we will be discussing Afrofuturism. What exactly is Afrofuturism? Well, it's been defined as an art form, a practice, a methodology, a philosophy, and yes, even a movement that allows African-American people to see themselves in the future despite a distressing past and even a distressing present. There are several tools that Afrofuturism has been expressed through, such as literature, music, art, science, and technology. But interestingly, according to well-respected African-American yogi Franklin Mitchell, self-care as liberation is a new tool that African-Americans should keep at the forefront of the African experience. He argues that generational stigmas can only be addressed through self-care as liberation because it brings about deep, deep inner healing. Uh, To start our conversation, I'm going to be interviewing a guest panelist of four women all uh, who hold PhDs. And to jump into the conversation, we're going to be discussing our favorite science fiction movies. We look at how the movie Black Panther has impacted African-American women and we get into a little bit of Janelle Monae's Electric Lady. We look at those lyrics. And to close the conversation, we look at how self-care as a tool for liberation is used to help women heal from depression, uh, low self-esteem, in order to create a new narrative and envision a future of peace, love, nourishment, and happiness. Stay tuned. The show begins in two minutes. have some experts and I want them to take a minute to introduce themselves to our listening audience so that you can get an insight of the diversity that we have and their impact as it relates to our discussion. Today we are going to learn just what it means to be a woman uh, extraordinaire. Again, welcome ladies to the show. Um, I hope you enjoy yourselves as much as I'm excited about enjoying myself around this discussion. So our first panel uh, guest is Dr. Bridget Statton, and I want her to just greet the listening audience. Tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how and 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 what uh, being a woman means to you. Well, I tell you, this is just a wonderful day, a wonderful opportunity. I'm so excited to be here, and I just want to. My name is Bridget. Hollis Statton. I am a full professor at South Carolina State University in the Rehabilitation Counseling Program. I am also the co-founder of Merge Counseling and Coaching, which is a private practice. We see children, we see adolescents, and we see adults. And just, we do a lot of coaching, a lot of counseling, helping everyone to learn how to balance life issues. I'm also the co-founder 
of HBCU Times, which is a magazine that is a premier source of positive news from, from uh, HBCUs. So I'm really excited to be here. Um, I just want to, you know, when I think about womanhood and I think about being a woman, it is really an evolving process. You know, it's a day-to-day -day process of learning who you are, being empowered by the people around you, being empowered by the things that you do, the work that we do. And it's also reaching back, reaching back to young women and, and really assisting and pulling them forward in, you know, sharing our experiences and being connected. So that's what I think womanhood is. I'm excited to be here. I'm looking forward to the dialogue between all these professional women. And I'm just empowered just being here. Absolutely. And welcome. We're excited about having you. And thank you so much for taking time to join us for our discussion today. We also have with us Dr. Valerie Fields, and I'd like to welcome to her to the show. And Dr. Fields, would you just introduce yourselves, yourself to the listening audience? Good morning. I am Dr. Valerie Fields, and I'll just say laissez bon temps rouler, and that's let the good times roll from with you all on this morning. Um, I am currently working as an independent education consultant with Valon Achievement Leaders, uh, working with uh, school districts and also uh, with a couple of nonprofits in assisting them with realizing how technology can impact the work that they are doing, as well as looking at a little bit of branding uh, with different companies and how they are able to impact communities in which they reside. I also serve as a visiting professor at uh, South Carolina State University, working in their uh, educational leadership department uh, part-time and uh, working with the superintendents of schools and also with those school leaders who are ready to make differences and make a great impact in the uh, world of education. So when I think about womanhood, I think about discovery because every day we look at things that are a little bit different from what it could have been on yesterday. And certainly where we are right now with uh, COVID-19, we are learning how to deal with this new norm. So I think we're still discovering uh, as a part of not just our whole entire world, but as women, we're discovering how to navigate and make changes and impacts, not just with the current times, but also how do we prepare for the future. So those are the things that I think about. And, you know, I also will have to say and add this, is the fact that as we move through our processes, we have to also remember that these are all gifts to us, that they are gifts from God. You know, we have to always recognize that he is the one who has purposed us to do what we are doing and how he feels about what we're doing and how he connects us with each other, it fulfills that discovery as well. So that's what I would uh, use as my intro on this morning. And I would just want to say that I'm here with a lot of powerful women this morning. And I'm very ecstatic about that and just open to learning and also still discovering. I played the clarinet. We won the band together. Okay, well, Dr. Brown, would you share with our listening audience who you are and what you bring to this discussion? Um, good morning, women of God. I just thank and praise the Lord just for the opportunity to be here on today. And as it relates to who I am, first and foremost, I would say I am a sister. 
and I'm a sister to many women and men as it relates to the people in my lives, and I am just so grateful on today. But as it relates to my professional um, role, I serve as a coach as well as a technical assistant consultant to federal, state, and local educators throughout the Southeast. And I have also have um, the opportunity to run a contract for the U.S. Department of Education. So I am just really um, blessed to be able to do the work that I do. But also I think the piece that I'm most excited about is that I am an adjunct professor at the illustrious South Carolina State University in the counselor education department. And I have an opportunity to mold future counselors. And right. I think that makes such a major difference, especially right now in this time that we are in. And I keep encouraging my students to let them know that you can still make a difference, even if it is in a virtual setting, because children need, need people, they need support, because this is a traumatic event for many children at all ages, and they need strong counselors at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. um, when I think about the question of how I see womanhood, and I see women as servant leaders. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Robert Greenleaf's work, but knowing that we as women have the attributes of servants, meaning that we are listening always. always. We are there are seen as supports as it relates to helping others. We also work to be collaborative right. and as a servant leader these are just some of the elements that that whole title encompasses but in our own way we lead and we move people forward because the whole idea is that we help them realize the strengths and skills that they have in them to move to the next level and I don't want to, I, I get excited when I think about the servant leadership concept, but I just know that so many women that I have come in contact with and the women that are sitting on this panel today, I know based upon the work that you do, that you work in that role on that space of servant leadership. And I just thank you, um, Mrs. Priester, for providing me the opportunity to be here. Well, I'm honored to have you all and our guests are really in, in, in store for a treat. Uh, let's just take a small commercial break. And once we come back from this break, we're gonna dive right into an interesting discussion. You don't wanna miss this, please stay tuned. How and where to use Lysol Disinfectant Spray to kill 99.9% .9 of viruses and bacteria. For great protection from germs, be sure to disinfect frequently touched areas, such as light switches, door handles, kitchen counters, fridge and microwave handles, remotes, and more. Hold the can upright six to eight inches from the surface and spray for three to four seconds until covered. Let surface remain wet for three minutes to disinfect. Apply to items that can bring germs into your home, such as shoes, backpacks, coats and packages. Also use on soft surfaces, such as couches, pillows, and mattresses. The fabric must remain wet for 10 minutes, then allow to air dry. 
Protect you and your family from viruses and bacteria daily with Lysol Disinfectant Spray. Lysol, what it takes to protect. Well, welcome back to Mary's Request Podcast. Uh, We have an amazing group of ladies today, Dr. Bridget Statton. We have Dr. Valerie Fields, Dr. Angela Peters, and Dr. Beth Howard-Brown, who want to join in a conversation that I'm sure uh, that will make a big difference in your lives. Um, First, I want to ask you ladies a question. I want you to think about the television and the impact it's been making. Uh, theater used to be a lead, lead uh, phenomenon back in the days. But then with the onset or the launch of the television and then now the big screen, it's changed our lives. Um, and one of the movies that really, really resonated with me uh, was a movie that changed the way that I live my life. And it was a science fiction movie. So I wanted to ask you this first question. uh, What is your favorite science fiction movie? Can you think about that? And I'd like to hear from all of you. What's your favorite science fiction movie? Yes. You know what? I found this question so exciting. It (laughs) brought me back to my childhood. And I saw where yours is also Star Wars. My father introduced Star Wars to us when the first trilogy, three, the three trilogy came out, you know, he would take us to the movies and that was an experience in and of itself because my father was the type of person who would talk through the movies. So I was <laughs> so embarrassed. I, was, I would be so embarrassed, but I was, had such a love for Star Wars. And, you know, he introduced that to us and it just really, as a child, you know, listening and watching this world in a galaxy, which, you know, as, as a child, you're learning about these things. So to see these planets and to see these aliens and, and of course, you know, I had my favorite, favorite character. Star Wars to me was one of the best sequels. And of course, I didn't know what a sequel was then, but understanding how they transitioned through this world of science fiction was so exciting to me. Um, and I learned so many things. I realized in, in, in responding and thinking about this question was that there was only one woman in that trilogy, and that was Princess Leia. And as a, as a young girl, you know, I think looking at how, how she had her family around her, her relationship with her brother, and, and just navigating through the that scientific world watching her as powerful as she was i didn't realize it till i thought about it she was the only female character and so that was empowering um i just love star wars even to this day you know i find myself when you want to click on netflix or click on hulu you know going back i think a few weeks ago they had a the series of of all of the star wars playing back to back and I could just sit and watch every last one of them. It changed my life as a child. And whenever I watch them, it takes me back to my childhood. Now, you know, when you watch a movie, you see things differently the second time. Absolutely, absolutely. You learn, you learn, you begin to relate what was going on to your own personal life. And, and you can see different aspects of lessons that were taught throughout the movie. And so uh, that is my favorite, all-time favorite movie. I love it. I could watch it over and over again. 
Absolutely, Star Wars is very exciting. What about you, Dr. Fields? Myself a little bit, and I want to talk about ET. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that was um, one of the first movies that I was like, what in the world is everybody? So uh, this is the ugliest little alien creature that you could have ever seen in the whole United States of America. Where is this coming from? So I was like, I have to look at this. And I, like Bridget, took it from a totally different uh, perspective than looking at what the actual alien creature looked like. And in that movie, you find a lot of uh, great paradigms, one of which deals with friendship and relationships. You know, although you had this outer space um, thing come into uh, the forest where this child was, and uh, not only did this child not run, you know, which is probably what I would have done, but it became uh, relational. They became very, very close. They bonded. And while others did not understand what was going on and how that relationship evolved and developed, it was one of those things to where they, it, it, it spoke to how we, as women, how we have to learn how to develop those relationships and be true to each other because no matter what happened in that in that movie that young boy and the, and et they became very very close and they were so supportive of one another that you could not break that bond you know that they had and so um that's kind of what um i would take i took from that after i watched it you know a second time and i was more into looking at okay what is the storyline really, really, really about and how and how it developed over a course of time? I think that, um, too, when we look at how um, we are in positions to work and help each other uh, with relationships, it really helps us to understand what was going on when that when the spaceship actually landed in the forest, because I was like, you know, is it going to set the ground on fire? Because that was the first thing that, you know, that I thought about when it, when it hit, you know, but the, it was the little boy, he just kept walking toward, you know, even though there may have been some fire coming, he was still walking there and going like, like this, but he did not run. And so it's, the thing of it is, is fear. Okay. That's, that's where I'm going with this, you know, talking about fear and how fear can sometimes make us go in the other direction. So instead of this child being fearful of the actual spaceship, he kept walking towards the spaceship. And as he walked towards the spaceship, he found the, the alien uh, being there, and then they've developed this relationship. So sometimes with us as women, we may see someone who's there, you know, and instead of us gravitating toward them, we'll turn and go the other way rather than move towards them to gravitate and set up or establish that relationship. So that's what I will say about um, my favorite science fiction movie and how it has been an impact with me and a developing relationships with women. Wow. Man, that sounds like a dissertation. <laughs> that's awesome. Great, great information. And I never looked at it that way. Absolutely. What about it, Dr. Angela Peters? What's your favorite science fiction movie? Uh, so my favorite is what I would watch today if I wasn't like with y'all. So when I'm scanning the TV, mm -hmm. I love I love X-Men. Okay. I love every rendition of X-Men. If I see it, 
and I have a um, and I have a choice between X Men and like a Lifetime movie, then I'm choosing the X Men series. But what I like about it is um, not only are they superheroes, but they have one common goal, and that's for justice and equality. And each one of them, people think that they're outcasts and they're mutants, but they were really born with a distinctive, different quality and powers that they call it that really saves humankind it saves the world so all of them are courageous all of them are motivating and they're all working towards just one goal justice and equality for all all of the other crap is out the door uh, everybody's transparent uh, everybody likes each other and again, but what I like is that they all have these distinctive qualities that they were born with. And because they're so different, they can pull from each other and work from each other to make each other better. Oh man, mm -hmm. hey, I can stand and give an ovation for that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, what about you, Dr. Beth Howard Brown? Well, ladies, I can relate to all of the movies you shared because as it relates to star wars bridget my dad that was the first movie experience i had in my life with my father and i will always connect with star wars and valerie as it relates to et that was the first experience i had with my sister and a very dear friend of mine who we're still friends to this day and we're all in the theater crying about et dying and just having a moment and trying to keep it together and so i definitely can and x-men as it relates to that when i'm on a plane well when i used to be on a plane because i used to be on a lot of planes <laughs> in the last couple of years i would watch x-men because to me that was my go-to i don't have to think about it and just connect with those characters and just the um, heroic um, things that they could, did in those movies. So I really could speak to all three. But the one that now comes to mind is The Matrix. And I think about The Matrix because it was about mindset. And if you all remember the character Neo and um, Morpheus and trying to get him to believe you are the person that can change the world. And I, one of the things that I believe in my role and what I do with educators, what I do with uh, future counselor education students is keeping them in the mindset of that they can make a difference. They can change the world. And that one character, look how many people he empowered from his change in mindset. And every time I, I can watch The Matrix and watch the entire series and just act like I hadn't seen it before and that was my first time viewing it, but just the power in thought. If we change our thinking, we can make a difference. It sounds like we could just kind of close out right here. Everybody has given such empowering information and interpretations of sci-fi, uh, science fiction movies. So you can see the power of science fiction. So uh, my favorite uh, is uh, Star Wars. And uh, one of the lines that I really, really liked, I want to just play a small clip of it. And uh, it leads my life, it motivates my life, is what I live by. So let's take a minute and listen to uh, this clip from Star Wars. Use the Force, Luke. Let go. The Force is strong in this one. Luke, trust me.
million. That was one in a million. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. were the ones who were fierce and powerful. And so it was really exciting to watch over again, a lot of different lessons uh, that I took from it this third time. But from, from, science, from a scientific viewpoint, just I really agree with the other lady. It was you know watching us invent and create those things that we probably have created in the world we live in now, but you don't hear about it. But just seeing, um, all of those aspects of invention and science, uh, technology, you know, uh, the, the car that they used. Um, just, it, it's just, it, it just was just a powerful experience just to even watch it again. So I, you know, I agree with the other ladies, the, uh, the invention of, of all of the technology that was used, the powerfulness of being able to, to watch, you know, uh, this world in our own view, in a black worldview was just powerful. Wow, and you're absolutely right. Uh, technology, science, invention. Okay, everyone is uh, 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 <clears throat> on the same page. <clears throat> I love that. And I, I wanna just hear from the, um, Dr. Fields, I'm sorry. Can you please share uh, what examples of science fiction just stood out to you in, in uh, Black Panther? The thing that stood out to me was at most was the infrastructure. So who comes up with a magnetic gravitation stabilizer made with vibranium to run the entire area? You know, and you're looking at how the trains are moving, and then this is when she tells us, you know, this is how I did this, and, and then she just turns around and she pushes two or three buttons and she just shuts it all down, and then it continues to move. You know, so it it was very uh, impressive, and I was like Bridget. I went back last night and I was like, okay, let me let me look at this one more time to see what am I really missing. So when I looked at, when I when she got to that piece, I was like, okay, that's it, right? there you know so when you talk about vibranium uh which is there uh, i guess the thing that is used for all of these superheroes and all of these movies that that talk about the science fiction piece and then when she talked about the magnetic gravitation and sonic stabilizers i was like okay angela can handle that part of it because that's not me <laughs> but it was you know the technology that connected you know to those things so that's that's what i found to be most helpful in that in that movie well, I tell you, all of the science, I'm hearing science, and I'm um, definitely what really just mesmerized me were the women when I thought about how they were the protectors. And um, one of my favorite lines was when uh, Nakia had a conversation with T'Challa. I want you to listen to this, and then we're going to come back and talk about the difference in the women that were in Wakanda. Take a minute to listen to this clip. Come home, Nakia. I'm right here. Stay. I came to support you and to honor your father, but I can't stay. It's just I found my calling out there. 
I've seen too many in need just to turn a blind eye. I can't be happy here knowing that there's people out there who have nothing. What would you have Wakanda do about it? Share what we have. We could provide aid and access to technology and refuge to those who need it. Other countries do it, we could do it better. You are not like these other countries, Nakia. If the world found out what we truly are, what we possess, we could lose our way of life. Wakanda is strong enough to help others and protect ourselves at the same time. If you are not so stubborn, you would make a great queen. I would make a great queen because I am so stubborn. Ah, if, if that's what I wanted. Uh, my mother's relationship with my father. And after being married over 54 years, you know, I look at her and then I look at me and I make these types of remarks to her. I can't beat you. I can't do it. <laughs> wow, wow. I, I cannot you know, be um, in a position to where I cannot, I, I have to be able to speak a little bit differently, but still be respectful. Um, and I think that when our parents were coming, it was more or less, you know, everything, everybody was right there together, no matter what. And they did not always speak what they really, really felt. You know, they may, they may have compromised much, much, much more than we compromise now. So I would have to say that um, you, you have to find that balance uh, with, with this. Um, it is important that we step out and you know, let everyone know that you know, if we don't agree, we don't agree. And we also have to help them understand that they have to respectfully accept our being disagreeance and that we're not mad, we're not angry, and we're not trying to be ugly to anybody, but at the end of the day, we just don't agree with what you're saying, what you're doing, or how you're doing it. And it's not that we don't like you, because that, that's the next thing. You know, we always get labeled as that woman who is angry, mad, and they don't like people. But it's just simply that we do not necessarily agree with what is going on with whatever someone is doing. And so I think from that perspective, you know, of being stubborn, sometimes uh, the definition of being stubborn and also what it looks like coming from an African-American female, that may be differently uh, perceived by someone else. And so we just have to know, you know, the you, we have to know the definition. And I, I love what you're uh, saying about uh, it being different when it comes from an African-American woman. Uh, Michelle Obama was accused of being an angry woman because she was opinionated and she had a voice and she was critical and she was not ashamed to say it. She was not well kept. And so she learned to uh, fit in and be uh, amenable. I think they drew a light to it for her and so i don't think she softened it but she knew how to still be able to show up to balance that was the word that dr fields used to balance it so you're you're absolutely right well ladies at this time we it is time we got to take a commercial break and there is a hot new show out by mel robbins uh let's we got to pay a few bills so let's hear from mel robbins at this time and we're going to come right back after this commercial break and dive into one question what do you think science fiction and Black Panther have in common. Let's take a commercial break. It's the premiere of the Mel Robbins Show. And I'm on a mission. 
mission to help you get the life you deserve. Face your fears. You know what you need to do. Conquer your doubt. There we go. Transform your life. I'm tired of being alone. Well, you're not alone. You're with me. I'll show you how with my five-second rule. Today on Mel. Okay, welcome back to the Mayor's Request podcast, where we discuss all things women. Uh, we call this the home and the heart of feminine literacy. And on today's show, we have Dr. Bridget Statton. We have Dr. Valerie Fields, Dr. Beth Howard-Brown, along with Dr. Angela Peters to discuss a theme that is really, really at the forefront of the American lexicon. And that is called Afrofuturism. I tell you now, we're going to get back into our discussion. Ladies, you have shared with me your uh, favorite science fiction movie, and you were able to talk about some of the themes and some of the things that took you out of this world. And we also discussed Black Panther and how that those two worlds came together. So um, when I thought about what science fiction and Black Panther uh, have in common, it does just what it's doing now. It's provoking a deeper conversation about the theme of Afro Futurism. It's called a movement. It's called a philosophy. It's called a methodology, a practice. There are principles. But more than anything, we take the uh, ideas and the uh, notions that go on in science fiction and we look at them, apply them to a totally black experience, black culture, the black uh, black history, and we 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 give it uh, a voice, a tool. Uh, through literature, through art, through music. And so right now we want to look at how those principles, if they can impact uh, art, uh, our, our, um, our thought life, how could they impact us as women? Um, one of the definitions that was discussed earlier in the program is that Afrofuturism is a, a, a tool that we can use to envision and to reimagine a future for ourselves, uh, even if we're dealing with a, a distressing past, path, a, 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 a past that was rooted in pain, uh, disenfranchisement, uh, dehumanization. Um, as African Americans, how can we envision uh, a, a brighter future. So at this time, we want to welcome you back to the show. And um, one of the uh, aspects of tools that's used is uh, music. And Janelle Monet has taken a front, uh, just a leading role as an Afrofuturism, among others. But uh, currently in this age, this contemporary age, Janelle Monet, and she wrote a song called Electric Lady. And I want you to take a minute to listen to just a few of those lines from Electric Lady. Electric lady, you're a star. 
uh, let me go with Dr. Beth Howard Brown. Can you tell me what stood out the most uh, for you in Electric Lady? The whole idea of reprogramming, that's the one that resonates the most with me because that is the need, especially in this day and age right now during this COVID-19. <laughs> Absolutely. We definitely need to reprogram our minds so that we are not so caught up of being that we're that we're quarantined and not be quarantined in our mind right trying to make sure that we are still working to thrive in spite of absolutely absolutely thank you what about it dr bridget statton what what resonates with you in that song uh the sci-fi uh sister janelle monet well i tell you uh listening to that song is just it's 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 empowering uh, one of the lines that she says, classic kind of crazy. <laughs> and when I break that down, when you think of the word classic, it's usually something that everybody is familiar with. It's the norm. But when you throw the word crazy in there, crazy takes away from what is normal. Uh, you know, crazy can, can go in many directions. And so when you say classic, when she says classic kind of crazy, it's kind of a play on words because there is no classic kind of crazy. It is your own individual way of, of how you represent yourself, the change in you, the power in you, the ability to be able to do different things and be unique in what you do. And so I just like that. I might have to use that a couple of times, that classic kind of crazy. You know, we all have those moments as women where, uh, and my husband will probably attest to this. I have a classic kind of crazy, crazy, uh, but it's all good. It's all good. It is who I am. It's what I feel at the moment. And it's, it's just, it's being who you are. It's being individual, your, your own individual person. Absolutely. And isn't it exactly what we are trying to strive for, to be heard, to be seen, uh, to be embraced and to be accepted for, you know, who it is that we are. <clears throat> and it's okay to be a little classic crazy. What stood out to me was that spaceship. What about it, uh, Dr. Fields? Think about that spaceship. She said, listen, my spaceship is leaving at 10. So let's talk about that a minute. <laughs> That's a sci-fi theme for sure. Yes, well, one of the things that uh, comes to mind when we're thinking about the spaceship leaving at 10, a couple of things. Number one is it speaks very much to who she is because most students now and most young people now, guess what they do? They leave home at 10 to go do what? Turn up for the party. So that's one of the things that I thought about, you know, so she's already letting you know that at 10 o'clock, something different is about to happen in her life. And so I took that and I uh, related it to uh, what some of the things that have happened when I was growing up. And I think I shared this with you all earlier was about the fact that at 10 o'clock at our house, everybody was watching the news. And so after 10 o'clock, then we talked about what, we, what are things looking like in our lives right now? You know, how are you planning for the future. So, and what are you doing in order to get ready? And so those are the kinds of conversations we would have after the news went off, because sometimes depending on what happened with the news, it would change exactly what the next day would look like. And certainly we can relate that to where we are right now in that, you know, once we look at what is happening, especially with educators and what we have, how you have to frame to be able to move the next day is based upon whatever orders may be given from the governor 
or from the state superintendent of education or from your college president as to how your next day will actually look in the lives of your students. And so that's, that's what I would have to say about the spaceship and just thinking about the fact that how fast a spaceship actually moves, then it doesn't take a whole lot of time to get there. So you have to be ready to have that attitude of moving very quickly. Absolutely. And certainly <clears throat> you're traveling in space, you're traveling in a new space, a new place, you're definitely leaving the world that you're familiar with, uh, just like in Wakanda, and you're going to a new world. And that's what Janelle Monet is saying, listen, I'm going to be leaving this world, I'm going to a brand new world, it's going to leave at 10. If you have like mine, if you want what I want, you can ride with me. So you're absolutely right. At this time, ladies, we got to pause for another commercial break. And when we return, we're going to dig deeper into how it is that Afrofuturistic uh, principles can literally impact the lives of women, especially dealing with distressing situations. Let's Let's take this commercial break with Yanda Vanzant and Fix My Life. So it's not selfish to put yourself first. No, it's self-full. It's self-full. It's self-full to be first, to be as good as possible to you, to take care of you. Be willing to do a new thing and a new way, and sometimes you're going to have to piss people off in the process. I give all meaning to everything I see. If I see myself as broken, wounded, damaged, crazy, stupid, whatever, I give meaning to that. Okay, welcome back to Marriage Request Podcast. Again, I am discussing with my guests Afrofuturistic principles. We have again with us Dr. Bridget Statton, Dr. Valerie Fields, Dr. Beth Howard Brown, and Dr. Angela Peters, who are all chiming in on how it is that Afrofuturistic principles can indeed help women to envision and to reimagine a future that will pull them from distressing, depressing uh, lives into one that they can literally be proud of. And so we want to welcome you back to the show. And uh, first, I want to ask this question. And I'm going to ask this, and you all feel free to chime in. How would you actualize a better life for yourselves, even amidst personal challenges. Dr. Angela Peters, do you mind leading the discussion? How is it possible to reimagine or to actualize yourself personally, uh, to imagine a future better for yourself, even if you're dealing with uh, personal challenges? Sometimes we like to uh, just dance when it's not raining, but uh, there's a, a thought that, that, that you got to learn how to dance in the rain. Uh, how mm -hmm. can you, uh, what, what advice would you give on that? You have to be mentally, physically, and emotionally stable. And I'm sure Dr. Staten agrees since that's your area. Um, you have to be able to, like you said, dance in the rain, but you have to be able to also lead in the storms. You're probably gonna have more storms before the rain comes. The rain kind of eases everything. You know, once you see the rain, then you know that you weathered the storm. But you have to be the best that you can be. And we have so, since, since everybody's educators on the phone, I mean, on the podcast, we have so many unhealthy folks who are not only leading us, but who are teaching our children. And when we are in, a, when we talk about being Afro-futuristic, uh, and when we talked about, talk about being steeped in tradition and identity, we have to make those crucial decisions when we're able, when we're at a position where we can hire folks, 
make sure we hire them not because we know them absolutely but, but because we know that we are going to be a good fit so for me that afrofuturistic part is about uh, knowing who you are and and having the the wherewithal to use your common sense to know what is a good fit and what is not a good fit for your organization so we have to be mentally there we have to be physically there when we show up we have to show up we have to show out absolutely and i think that's very important um a part of my research involves a gentleman by the name of franklin mitchell and uh he is a leading yogi um, but he talks about afrofuturism um, uh, really, really using the tool of self-care as liberation. And I thought that that was uh, phenomenal because that is a piece that is highly ignored. You know, we get our education, uh, we get our jobs, we get our credentials, but how much uh, time is, um, are we investing in ourselves, being healthy, uh, feeling good? And uh, for, for, for self-care as liberation, I think that that is going to be one of the really leading uh, pieces that's gonna help us imagine a better future for ourselves because we do have to feel good. We have to be healthy in our mind healthy in our thoughts, healthy in our bodies, in our soul. And we have to look at the trauma that we've all experienced as a gift. Uh, it's, I think that pain has a way of um, helping us to look within at our worth. You know, you, you, you develop this thought that if the world is treating me poorly, then I have a responsibility to treat myself very well. And it's that thinking that's futuristic that's thinking that's a, a reimagining that's a new narrative uh, if you're going to treat me poorly then watch me treat me well and that changes the dynamic and it, it, it makes a brand new space so if you are really interested in, in reimagining a new future for yourselves you're going to have to look at all the pain all the trauma all that's happening around you and even if you get a pen and a piece of paper and write it all down and when you have finished you drop down another line and say if all of this is against me then here is how i'm going to show up for myself and i i think that's a new narrative and that can help move us into a new space 